Blog Talk Radio. I cannot tell you in my practice 
how many people have been contacted by lovers from the past. It, Venus retrograde is traditionally thought of as love returns from the past, and I am seeing it left and right. I hope that you're also uh, experiencing that or making a note of that. I know a couple of weeks ago I even had a caller who said that she was going to be contacting somebody that she hadn't seen in years, but who had made a really big impact on her. And so it was interesting from there and just the number of people that I'm working with who are talking to me about, wow, somebody's really come out of the woodwork. And I'm like, well, that's your, you know, Venus flyby. So um, it's a Thursday night, and uh, Mercury is going into Cancer, which is, um, uh, I think, a little bit more of an emotional energy. I think, um, as a matter of fact, it just went in today, a little bit more of an emotional energy on tap. And even before we have our next show next Thursday, Jupiter is going to be changing signs, going to be going into Gemini for a whole year. So if there's something that you want to write, something that you want to talk about, some bit of um, prose, journalism, research. It's, it's going to be a very good year for all forms of communication as well as socializing. It's going to be a very social year for people who are going to feel like they want to get out and get connected. So we are going to have Jupiter transiting into Gemini um, next week. Perhaps we'll do a whole show on that. Um, the... Um, there's a, still a lot of planets in Gemini. Obviously, the sun's in Gemini. Happy birthday to our Geminis. Jupiter is in the late 29th degree of Taurus. We're going to say bye-bye to Taurus for Jupiter. It will be moving out of that. Saturn is still retrograde, and um, Pluto and Uranus are actually just getting ready to make their first square in another couple of weeks, which is you know, more about the uprisings that are going on uh, with the individuals, people, individuals like the Greeks or the Spanish or the Wall Street occupied people or <clears throat> different groups of people who are going to rise up against the um, you know, sort of oppressive overstructure that exists, um, you know, and the way that it becomes corrupt. It's being represented by Pluto and Capricorn. So it's a general overview of, uh, you know, the planets and where they are, and um, I am going to jump right in and go to my switchboard. Hello, area code 317. You're on the inside connection. Hi, this is Jamie. Hi, Jamie. How are you, hon? I'm good. How are you? Good. Good. My birthday is 123.71. I'm in there. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have a specific question for me tonight? I do. I'm just curious if you see anything coming up for me career-wise. Sure. Something Are happy. Are you out of work? Yes. Okay. Are you? Have you been looking? Oh, yeah. I'm going crazy. I've been off too long. Jamie, tell me your birthday again. January 23rd, 1971. January 23rd, 1971. Yes. Spell your name for me. (laughs) J-A-M-I-E. Uh-huh. Got it. (laughs) Sorry, I bet you're spelling it all those different ways. Everybody else spells it. J-A-M-I-E. Yes. Like a guy. (laughs) Indianapolis. Yes, that's yeah. me. All right. Yeah. Um, Pluto is the ruler of your midheaven. Um, you know, I mean, there is work coming to you. Um, I can't really say that it's coming this month, but you're in... You're You're like in a very strong time for getting a job. You know, I mean... Pluto is conjunct your Mercury. You haven't really had any contacts. It's like there are some really strong energies for you to get a job. The contact, you know, some of the things I could do are not. I mean, I don't know. 
I found some things online I could do, but um, I'm just not real sure about that would pay the bills for me to get off unemployment. Got it. And um, th- and some of them I think are scammy. I have temp services call me, and I'm just like, oh, I don't know if this will be full time. What if I lose my unemployment? So I've had a few, but not many. Right. Yes. Right. Yeah, because it's like it's interesting about how there's there's a strong. Let me just see. I'm going to go into the for, some forecasting map here. For some reason, the computer's moving really slowly, and it was moving really slowly before I got on the show. So I noticed that, and I like rebooted it, and it's still moving really slowly. It's me, I'm sure. <laughs> no, I don't think it is actually. <laughs> I think it's. I think it's you know just feeling a little temperamental. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So well, I can give you some dates to look out for. I mean, today is the seventh, so tomorrow is an excellent day to do a search. The twelfth okay. is an excellent day for you to do a search. Excellent. That gets you know big stars the 18th there there is just there is some really good energy there's a jupiter opposition for you which means jupiter is opposite to where it was when you were born um and you have jupiter in the 10th which is a career house so as i said i think if you heard my intro which i know you were holding um uh jupiter is going to go into gemini and um you know, you've been kind of waiting out this Jupiter and Taurus period. I think, you know, really put your energy out there for the remainder of this month. How about that? I mean, there's some very positive, expansive things that could happen, Jamie. I'm not just saying it. You know, I would tell you. Um, But Jupiter going into Gemini, and you have so much you know, Sagittarius, we've talked about that, right? You have five planets in Sagittarius. You're more of a Sagittarian than an Aquarian. And this is very positive energy. That's all I can say. With Jupiter going into Gemini, it produces expansive, growth-oriented results. It's going to be an opposition starting next week to three planets in your 10th house, which is the house of career. I think it's time for you to find a job. Okay. That's a beautiful thing. Um, you know, just make sure it's Sagittarian, that it satisfies you creatively, that either there's some travel or you're doing some sales with some foreigners or that you're working in sports or that you're working in law firm or, you know, something where you feel like you're being creatively challenged. It's Sagittarian, you know? Yes. Maybe you don't know. The Sagittarius themes are like law Sports, athletics, travel, foreigners, philosophy, religion. I mean, you could even take a job, you know, working in a church if they paid you enough. And I'm sure you would be, like, interested in it if you were aligned with that, you know? I did. I looked at one, but it didn't pay enough. I was like, I would be interested in that, yeah. Yeah. See, I'm feeling it out. Yeah, you totally are. Well, anyway, I appreciate you calling in, you know. It's always good to talk to you. And, um, yeah, that was, I would say that's some pretty good news for your career. You're going to give me a call in like another three or four weeks and let me know what happened. Because, um, like I said, I'm giving you those dates. Um, the 12th, very good. The 14th, very good. The 18th, very good. So, like, from now, the 9th through the 18th, and even it goes beyond, like Jupiter is in opposition to your Neptune, which is also in your 10th house. Jupiter is trying your sun on the 24th, so the 22nd, 23rd, and 24th, also really good days. Yeah, use that energy. Jupiter energy is very good, and it brings very good things to you, but it doesn't do it unless you reach out. So I would spend from now for like two good weeks um, really combing every possible area that you can to find out what's out there because you're going to see an opportunity. Okay. Okay? That would be great. Thank you so much you're for welcome, your help. You're welcome, really appreciate it. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thank Bye. Hi, you're Code 410, and you're on the Inside Connection. 
Hi, thank you so much. Um, my question is, I'm wondering if you see... Did um, you give me your birth information? I'm sorry. No, that's okay. I need to. I need to be able to. You know, I want to look at your chart with you. Right. It's October twenty fifth. Do have you called into the show before? No. No. Okay. Great. So, what's your first name? My first name is Maria. Maria. And the first initial of your last name? K. K. And go ahead. October twenty fifth, nineteen seventy three. And um, your birth time? About 6.33 in the morning. About what time, hon? About 6.33 in the morning. About 6.33. That's pretty about. (laughs) (laughs) And where's your birth town? Washington, D.C. Washington, D.C., the home of the most ethical people on earth. (laughs) Hey. (laughs) (laughs) Got it. Okay, Maria, let's take a look at this chart. Scorpius um, with Libra rising. Uh, (coughs) So, Scorpio... With um, with Libra rising, it's not been so easy for you in the past year. It's been a little lonely. It's been feeling a little emotionally isolated. Were you in a relationship? Are you in one now? I'm not in a relationship now. Did it end recently? Um, no. There's someone that's kind of interested in me, but we haven't, other than a few dates. How about like... How about I mean, something very intense that happened, um, you know, with you? Because you have a you have a cardinal square at four degrees, and Pluto was 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 doing something to that. And two thousand and ten was two thousand ten a really intense year for you. You mean in, in terms of love? Well, just in terms of maybe some relationship that had to end. Um, no, I I was interested in someone, but that never manifested. I I didn't. I actually haven't dated except for this one person that's interested in me that I've seen. Often yeah, I mean, it could have been some other kind of relationship. You know, it could. Have, it doesn't have to necessarily be. Um, you know. Oh, I I, I left a job. Yeah, and was that was there a partnership or somebody that you felt like you were really close with or that you had a contract with? No, I was no. just miserable there. Yeah. yeah. Well, what are you looking for me to talk to you about, love life? Um, well, that, and I'm wondering if you know, I'd like to get, I'd like to get married, and I'd like to have at least one child. So, I'm wondering if. You see that in my chart. Great. Um, no, it's interesting because one of the first things I want to say to you about your chart and and your question is, you know, there's been some good energy for you to manifest this in the in the last year. I mean, for you to have brought in someone maybe a little older, a little more secure, a little more ready for the same kind of thing that you're looking for. And, um, you know, in in the next year coming up, you're going to be getting ready to have the Iranian opposition, which is sort of like the midlife change, they call it. And for women, they often really want to... Um, you know, get married and have children. This is the thing that they, you know, are really looking to do if they haven't done it yet. And um, it's just a question, I think, in your chart of actually making that happen. It's not. It's funny about your chart. It 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 doesn't say like, oh yes, that's part of your destiny. It almost says that. Making that happen, getting married and being able to have a child, is really in your own hands. 
And um, if there are things that are preventing you from that, I, I know I see you're a very intense person. You know, you're Scorpio, and if your birth time is right at 6.30 a.m., you have a lot of strong energy in the first house. So you're a very... Um, you know, a strong person with a strong personality. It's not, you know, you 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 have strong opinions and you're very passionate and very intense. So, how have you been working on yourself, let's say in the last 5 years or more even in an effort to you know, figure out uh what you might need to do in order to bring someone into your life or have you have you been doing some work on Maria? I don't think I've done enough work now. Okay, which is fine. There's no emergency. I think what happens now is that Saturn's in your first house, and it, it becomes an opportunity for you to do some work on, on Maria so that you can open up these doors that you want to open. You still have time. I just want you to know that also, that you're going to go into a time period between now and next year where you're going to feel like, oh, my God, I've got to make it happen. I've got to make it happen now. But that's not exactly realistic. It doesn't have to happen now. You know, you want it to happen within the next couple of years, but you're not under you're not in an emergency, okay? I just really want you to know that. There's no like emergency right now. Um and um I would tell you that you should you should, you know, be working on you, that it's important and that um you know, in order for you to be able to do the things that you want to do, you have a very humanitarian side, a very spiritual side. You have some very particular things that you've really got to come to understand. But maybe you have some stubbornness and maybe you have some, uh, you know, uh, possessiveness. A lot of Scorpios do. I don't know. I don't know exactly because I'm not feeling out how much of this chart you've actually actualized. Like, are you on the good side of it? Or, or are you still a very jealous person, you know? Because sometimes Scorpios can be very jealous and very possessive. And if you're on that side of of, of those energies still, then I think you have an opportunity this year before your birthday um, in 2013, right? Because, you know, you're still, like I said, you're still on the good side of um, of 40, you know, like, so the good side meaning that you still have time to really work on yourself a little bit. And, you know, that's what I would recommend right now. Your chart's really looking like inner, some inner exploration yields you the results that you're looking for. Okay. Um, is there a, a starting point that you could recommend for, for doing that? Where are you located? I'm in... The Washington D.C. area. Oh, uh, you live there? Yeah. Um. Let's see. Um. I think. I think that um. Well, are you, are you, hmm, you know, what might be available to you in the way of counseling? I mean, are you, do you go to a church? Um, there are counseling options, options there. I think that, um, I don't know, I had worked with a life coach and then, you know, that ended in, I mean, I suppose I could find counseling somewhere else. You Where know, did the life co when does the life coach relationship end? It ended around the well, maybe the springtime. I actually would like to start back up with her and um you know, at some point she just turned into a mentor. She wasn't a life coach anymore. She just became a mentor and I'd like to start back up with her but I'm not sure if she would be receptive to that. Yeah, I'm actually feeling like that was one of those relationships that you need to let go. And there are other people out there, you know, that I think there are other people out there um, who could better serve you, you know. Um, the um, 
quick search for you. Um, yeah. I think that there are actually really lots of options. You know, I think if you go and you do a search for spiritual life coaching, and I would say spiritual, you know, spiritual life coaching. Don't, don't don't just go in because you have Venus and Sagittarius. You want someone to be able to, uh, you know, really work with you as a healer, work with you as a, um, you know, from a spiritual perspective. It's not just about a kind of like, I'm not, I would never, you know, say anything bad about life coaching, but spiritual life coaching is going to pr- approach it from that perspective. And so if somebody has a, you know, a, a degree um, in, uh, in ordination, perhaps a reverend or somebody like that. I think I think that if you look, you're going to find that you can connect with somebody in Washington because I'm looking at a few of them right now, and I can see that there are some good ones. So look for some spiritual consulting, some some spiritual guidance in that way, and be able to go in and just talk about. I know you could talk with me about it a little bit more, but I'm feeling like you could use some work with someone and that that would really open up what's going on. I'm also a Scorpio, Maria, so I understand that sometimes there's a real need for us to look inside and dig in for the truth, you know, um, before we're able to bring that out to the outside. So I think for you to be able to go in and say to somebody, I really want to get married and I really want to have a child and I want to figure out how to make that happen, approach it from that perspective. You have Mars in the seventh house in your natal chart. It means that there's a man out there for you. He's actually nice looking and he has very good values. You know, I'm not just saying that like, oh, well, whatever, you know, but it he's Taurian. He has... He's he's a he's a you know a, a nice looking man who has good values. He's a steady kind of guy. He he uh, you know earns his own way. He makes he makes his own money, and so he's he's a stable kind of person that would be a good person for you to connect with. The um the the work though that I see from your chart is work that you need to do on you in order to be able to bring him in. Um, two questions. First is, are you holding, are there some things that you maybe can't say because we're on air? Is it the kind of thing where? Yeah, that's possible. Uh huh. Okay. Um, and the second thing is, this person that you're talking about, are there someone that I'm really interested in that kind of fits that mold? And he seems to be somewhat interested in me, but the circumstances that we're in right now don't you know, to allow things to go anywhere. I'm wondering, this person that you're talking about, is this someone that I know, or is this just someone that I haven't met? And just no, thinking? it's definitely possible that you could have met this person already, for sure, because Jupiter has been in your seventh house, so there's been the energy of having a relationship around you for an entire year. And, um, yeah, it could definitely be somebody that you know. Does a name and a birth date help you? Or... No. No? Okay. No. No. Okay. So when you say look for spiritual guidance, you mean look for like a spiritual... Are there are spiritual life coaches out there. They just have a spiritual, you know, sort of a spiritual bent to what it is that they're doing. You know, like in other words, there 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 are life coaches out there who have um, a spiritual approach. Some of them just have a very motivational approach, a positive thinking approach. You know, there are ones that have a spiritual approach. Often they could be interfaith ministers or people who have had ordinations and done some spiritual study. And so when they talk to you, I think it's going to bring out a little bit of that Venus part of your chart and your personality, which is an awesome segue for me to be talking about my topic tonight because we're going to be talking about the emerging goddess. So I'm going to say goodnight to you now, and if you want to try and give me a call back in a month or so, I'll be happy to talk to you a little bit more about your search. Maybe you'll have found a coach that might be able to help you a little bit more 
than necessarily I can right now in a few minutes on the air. Okay. Do you do okay. coaching? Huh? Do you do coaching? I do coaching, yes, in my private practice. If you want to look me up on the Internet, um, I'm at lahealer.com. Okay. I will definitely okay. do that. Thank you so huh? much. You're very welcome. Have a great night. Bye-bye. So we're going to have a conversation, a little bit of a conversation about the emerging feminine. You know, it's funny that I've been hearing this, this terminology for years, the emerging feminine, like we've swung very far to the masculine. And if you see the way in which we, you know, run the planet, you know that the masculine side is very logical. It's very active. It's very aggressive. Certainly a large part of the industrial revolution was generated by the strong masculine energy on the planet. What's happened, though, in within that energy is that men, men themselves who are embodiments of the masculine side of the force, have dominated women for a, for a long period. You know, like if you look at globally at the way that women have been treated for at least 5,000 years. So when we're talking about this pendulum swing, we have to go all the way back to when men didn't really know how to do much and women did all of the farming and raised the babies and we were lucky if men went out and you know, killed an animal every now and then. At that time, when women were the healers and women ran the tribes and everything was matriarchal because women were so important to the tribe, they were the ones that bore new life and they were the ones that understood medicines because they were the ones, you know, the women, the connection to the earth. So that would have been the last time that the divine feminine was in practice uh, you know, in in mankind, and then for it's probably it's somewhere between five and ten thousand years now, it got stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger towards the masculine force, which is fine that that pendulum swings back and forth so that we can discover, uh, you know, different uh, facets of 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 the divine energy as a whole. As we swing from one side to the other, we go in and we sort of taste and experience that fringe. You know, life exists in the balance, but um, there's tremendous information and energy to find out as we swing as far as we can go out onto the fringe and then back into the center again. So the... Right now, we've swung about as far as we can go into the masculine because domination of the planet, the use of the resources, the global changes, the domination of women and women's bodies, war, you know, all of these different things. Some of those things are like the shadow side of the masculine thing. Science has been good. There's been nothing wrong with science. It's been lovely that we even discovered that it existed, the whole concept of science. But And, th- and that's been a big part of the, the masculine swing. But, you know, the, uh, the idea that, you know, God is a man or that, you know, men are, are better than women or at any level, that all comes from the imbalance in the force right now. Now, in certain, uh, you know, more progressive uh, countries in the world, like I would say probably mostly European and American, North American and European cultures, although there's obviously a lot of progress globally for women, um, there was a shift that began with the emergence of the the uh, you know the age of Aquarius, which started in the late 1800s, generally, because it represented also the revolutionary you know the revolution, um, industrial revolution, and mass communication, and the computer, and all of these things are coming about from the age of Aquarius. At the same time, simultaneously, there's been an encouraging movement towards honoring women and their energy as equal 
to the energy of men, right, equal. It's not yet even been thought of that there can be a time when women would dominate the conversation, right, that in order to preserve and protect the planet, that women are actually going to have to be in charge because if you leave men out there, they're more destructive and that their shadow side, right, is more destructive. So when we move into that time period where we've been for a while where men have been in charge, there's been more of an imbalance with aggression. So yet we're in such need of a movement back towards love and compassion and understanding and nature and natural medicine and nurturing nurturing the way in which we become nurtured the idea of raising children in a nurturing environment in an environment that's honoring what we would collectively call the goddess the divine goddess god as a woman you see god is both because if you think of the yin yang as god and you look at that symbol then which is sort of a very taoist kind of symbol for God, you know that the force, God the force, it has to be balanced between the feminine and the masculine. It is neither and it is both at the same time. It's one of those sort of great Taoist paradoxes that God is neither masculine or feminine and it is both masculine and feminine. And so, like I said, as human beings, we see things in a dualistic way. We experience the world in its dualistic nature because the physical plane has that illusion, right? Up, down, hot, cold. And male-female is another dualistic illusion. And so there must be one that's better than the other because if we can weigh two things out, we can compare them, we can decide that one's better. Years ago, um, you know, we decided that in order to you know, master each other, we were going to go to war with each other, we were going to be aggressive with each other, we needed to protect our women. And uh, so the, the thing started swinging towards the masculine. And as I said, from that, things like science and technology and a lot of masculine things like medicine and law have emerged from that sort of reign of men the what's happened is is that we've swung so far to that side that there's an imbalance now and the planet and human beings are greatly suffering because of that imbalance and there's a need for the divine feminine to re-emerge in the lives of people and as we've seen women's rights get fought for and women become liberated and women fight for equal rights and women be given equal rights, women are sitting at tables with men where they were never allowed to do for thousands of years. In some earth-based cultures, like maybe Native American cultures, there were women in the tribe who had very powerful voices, but there was always a chief. Even when um, the Europeans came to North America and they encountered the different tribes, they were always negotiating with the man, you know. So even Native American cultures had become masculine, hierarchied, and, you know, there were war they were all warrior class. They were all still fighting. And one of the things that I guess we're going to have to move away from is that fighting, that warring um, energy and you know we're either going to do it by um, our own volition or we're going to be forced into it so that's going to obviously be our choice but the the divine feminine emerges on the opposite side it's a sort of a, a guarantee that one way or the other that there's going to be an energy of love and compassion which is going to take uh, mankind back over and it could take hundreds of years you know we suppose but what's nice is that there that there's so many signs of it accelerating into our lives and we can see it by the holistic movement the new age movement the understanding of metaphysics the reemergence of art the um, uh, people standing up for individual rights the the the, the 
the um, the return to nature, the need to preserve nature, the crises that we're having with you know climate change and disease and um, you know uh, the way that children are coming down with things like autism and things like that. All of those things as a result of the imbalance on the side of the masculine force and how their swing back to the feminine force will help to heal or cure or remedy some of those imbalances. In the tarot, the card, the Empress, is a a very powerful um, energy because it's represented by Venus, and as a representation of the goddess, it represents pregnancy. Um that there's a a uh, a fullness and a um and a a what's called fecundity it's a strange word right because it means abundance fecundity it means sort of like abundant abundance within the divine goddess she is plentiful and one of the things i think that um you know, existed the last time we had the Divine Feminine was that women knew that the earth could provide for us all. They knew that because there was a a second connection with the earth. It was was an idea that life flowed in abundance and that there was no need to dominate it. We needed to be in harmony with it. And so as a, you know, ruler... Venus rules Taurus and Libra, and it rules Taurus as the actual beauty that exists here on the planet in a very fundamental way, that we live in a beautiful, magnificent place that doesn't need to be dominated. But in Libra, it speaks about the balance that's actually a part of the divine goddess nature. So the earth itself is a strong representation of the goddess, and the earth interacting with um, the heavens, so to speak, um, the way in which it moves through, uh, you know, its own atmosphere, the way in which it's um, bombarded by different kinds of energies and radiations coming from the sun and elsewhere. That's its interaction with the God, so to speak, the masculine energy, which is coming from outside. But the fact is, is that we're all basically living on the body of the goddess because she is the 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 fecundity that we all need she is the abundance i was just reading on a funny website something like accuweather about how some scientists came out today with some research that also said you know grave earth changes if we don't wise up soon you know and you all think about how you know are we going to wise up soon are we going to realize that you know, in, in a way, things like the internet are capable of of interfacing us in a way in in a way in, in business, especially where we don't all have to travel as much as we used to. Things like Skype and conferencing and things like that, we can still work. We can still have an opportunity to, um, uh, you know, connect with each other via the computer and the telephone, those mass communication things that are allowing for, I think, a better use of resources on the planet. You know, there are are Aquarian things about that where, right, even gender and race and things like that are not always so obvious on the internet. We don't we don't necessarily have all the prejudices, which is an Aquarian thing and it's sort of a side note to tonight's discussion. But what it also provides is it provides a greener way of living, which is a big part of the goddess. The entire green movement, the return to recycling and things like that. These are the things that are going to continue to emerge. You know, men in general, we can see in politics and in the Middle East and in countries that are certainly, um, 
they're hierarchically not as progressive. They're much, much, much more conservative. They're much, much more clinging to their old ways. Women are not treated as equals by any stretch of the imagination. And even potentially in our own government, there's a desire to push us backward in that direction because the energy of women is designed to create more peace, more green movement, more, more, you know, um, renewable resources, more honoring the planet. It's not the same ideologies that the men have been holding over the planet for so many years. So there's, a, um, I think, an interesting uh, time coming where there's going to be uh, you know, some crises. I don't think we're going to get out of it without having um, you know, some, some crises that are going to be as a result of the shift from one way of thinking to another. The uh, the goddess energy is certainly something that we can see in our lives. I feel like when we embrace it, when we embrace those things that we see, love, compassion, um, for ourselves, for our families, for the planet especially, because we're all living on it and we need so much to take care of it, so desperately that's why this energy is pulling back now because it's time that we reacquainted ourselves with the earth that we live on and and how important it is for us to um uh to to be here and to be uh, honoring it and to be um uh, recognizing the importance, recognizing the importance of of uh, the um, the uh, the divine goddess. I think I think that if it's if it's not um, if it's not something that we move towards with grace and with um, willingness, we're going to be forced to go in that direction. We're going to be forced to. Uh, reacclimate ourselves with the earth and um, that we're beholden to it. You know, it's that same, it goes back to the masculine doctrine of, of spirituality, you know, in that God the Father gave us the earth as the masters to dominate it. Well, that ideology actually emerged at the time when the masculine hierarchy was taking over. So, of course, they were going to come up with that kind of a doctrine. And I think the new one basically says God the mother, the goddess, basically says now is the time for you to live in harmony with the earth to um, leave a small footprint and to not waste the valuable uh, resources that she provides. <laughs> that's, that's your real message from the goddess. So I think it's, it's pretty um, clear that we're emerging in that direction. We don't have to worry about whether we're going to go there fighting and kicking and screaming or whether we're going to go there willingly because we're going to go there one way or another. I think for each of us, especially Blog Talk listeners and people who are listening to um, the Inside Connection, I want to thank um, you know all my listeners, people who are listening live, people in the chat room, and also people who listen in the archive materials, which goes up every week. I'm so happy to say and really honored, welcome to my archive listeners, that we're going to move in that direction. So as individuals, we can embrace those energies that represent that, always looking towards natural eating, chemical-free eating, chemical-free lifestyles, alternative forms of energy, mass transportation, green living, compassion for each other, charitability. These are the ways of the goddess. This is, at this time, at this time, let's say for the next five to 10,000 years, the inevitability of the earth and our destiny. And I'm going to leave you tonight again. I haven't had a time to load something new up from my iTunes store, so I apologize for that. But I absolutely love this one, so I'm going to really enjoy listening to it. I'm going to leave you with Neil Young's It's a Sign of Love from his new album, La Noise.